With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Scary Time by Indie Drop-In Network. Each week, we feature an episode from the best independent creators. Subscribe for great scary content. If you would like to help Indie Drop-In support indie creators, you can buy us a coffee. Just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash indie drop in or click the link in the show notes below. Today's episode is from Pod and Gore. Pod and Gore is your one stop shop for all things horror. This week they're talking about a scary movie, Jaws. If you like Pod and Gore, don't forget to look in the show notes for links to subscribe to their podcast and follow on social media. Enjoy the show. Begin. Welcome, everyone, to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for everything horror. Now here's your hosts, Justin and Brandon. Take it away, boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for that summertime horror. I am mm-hmm. one of your hosts. My name is Brandon. I'm your other host. My name is Justin. And welcome to the show. Hot love in the summertime. <laughs> I I am too. It I'm a love hate thing with summer because I I, I, I like to. <laughs> it's the heat. Yeah. If summertime could be blue skies and like seventy degree weather, where it's just good enough. Seven even high seventies, low eighties, even eighties, yeah. low eighties, where you go outside, slight breeze. Mm-hmm. bright blue skies you can go outside you can grill you're not roasting in 100 to 115 degree temps that's horseshit yeah well and this year has been particularly brutal for us anyway yes. it hasn't yes. dropped below the 90s during the day mm-hmm. i'm like, kind of wondering what that's going to do for us uh during the winter i hope it's not too bad but we'll see right we'll see well we want to thank you guys uh for joining us a tad bit late again Life just has a way, um, but here we are, better late than never, to talk yeah. about the classic 1975 blockbuster, the first blockbuster, mm-hmm. the original summer blockbuster, Jaws. <laughs> what, uh, do you have any memories of, of Jaws, any fond, like... No, is, and you know, I and know this is sacrilege, but this might be the first time I've watched it all the way through. We're both going to have a few sacrileges uh, yeah, throughout like, the course of this show. It's, it's one be of those same- things that I've, like, I mean, I've seen so many clips from it of, you know, greatest movies, greatest horror movies, greatest everything. It's right. like, I've, I've seen the movie, I know how it ends, 
but I don't yeah. know if I've seen everything in the movie until now. That's how it is with me and the thing. That's my sacrilege. Yeah. I've never. I haven't seen, seen it either. So when I when through. I do the episode in a few months, <laughs> that'll be my. I'll first. probably have. I'll definitely. My goal is to. I'm going to watch it, and since it'll be yours, I don't have to take notes, and I can pay more yeah. attention. But um, yeah, I'll definitely try to watch it a couple times just to to do a to kind of do it justice because I kind of think back on a lot of these things where I have like these kind of revelations after we watch it, like what we did with Repo. Mm-hmm. Like Repo was almost kind of like a slow burn uh, for me, and I know that I I said things that I, uh, in that episode about that movie that I don't necessarily agree with today. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just it's grown on me. You know what I mean? And so it's like even like you know with the Gravekeeper and all that kind of stuff. Like that dude. I was like I, I kind of talked about how I wasn't super keen on his, on his performance, but then the more I think about it, it's like the favorite part of my movie, or my favorite yeah. part of the movie, and so yeah, it's he's like, great. yeah, and so it just, I feel like I sh- I with like some of these battery. ones I know that huh? like <laughs> yeah battery. yeah right, <laughs> and so I'm like I kind of feel like I need to make sure for some of these you know bigger bigger films that I, I i definitely need to watch it at least once before we rec- record on it so that way well yeah i mean like i remember hating halloween 3 and now it's my second favorite one like it, honestly, i crapped on hellraiser for the better part of a year and a half and now it's like i wonder if i can fit one of those puzzle cubes in my horror display <laughs> yes you can yes you can because i kind of want to <laughs> buy one too they're like I've, 20 I've, bucks on amazon and i want yeah I could do that not too bad i i've definitely thought about it but what we're here for today is to talk about Jaws. So, you know, this is 75, what, five years before The Shining? Give or take. Yeah. Um, I thought The Shining was an 80. I, I could be wrong. But this oh, okay. has this has that same quality to it. Like, yeah. it, like vibe. Like, it... it you know, the time... Even though... Even, even if The Shining was in 1980... It definitely looks more so in line with set in like the mid seventies than it does in the eighties. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, it was eighty. Yeah, but it has it. It has just this real classic feel to it. Um, definitely of that time that I kind of um, find myself drawn to. The older I get. Um, like, don't get me wrong, my heart lies in the 80s with the slashers and all the good and bad that comes from that. But, like, some of my some of my favorites are, you know, pre, you know, Texas Chainsaw, Jaws. Um, you can say The Shining, even though it's 1980, it still feels like a 70s vibe, yeah. you know. And so I definitely kind of want to go down a rabbit hole and experience more of uh, what is in that decade, I guess you could say. You need to watch uh, Body Snatchers. The I do. Donald Sutherland one. And the I original. Do. I do. So, um, before we get into the episode at hand, um, we didn't get a whole lot of feedback. Um, we For our bonus episode, we had kind of put feelers out there, kind of put out the vibe uh, to see what kind of response that we could get. And mm-hmm. so... One, I wanted to do a shout out to Serial Mom on on um, the Slasher app, who did comment saying, uh, 
basically doing an episode on spontaneous combustion. Um, <laughs> as uh, she said, said I was terrified. Um, I was going to burst into flames at any moment when I was a kid. Far too long a time for normal adolescence. <laughs> and so That's um, uh, it is very fair. Um, and I responded saying that the idea of bursting into flames randomly is terrifying. Yeah. Like, I, I get that. And so, Serial uh, Mom, thank you very much for the response. And we did get a comment on Facebook from my friend Chad. Who I actually oh no it was in the group sorry I um, th- this was in the Facebook group I didn't actually post it to the page. Um, Chad had said you can do something on the hor- on uh, horrors of nature like all the animals uh, insect related movies like the Swarm or Night of the uh, Lepus or Tarantula, and we had actually talked about doing something along those lines but neither of us are very well well versed like I've seen a shitload of shark movies that I could talk about I know you not so much yeah. um, I talk about said, the birds over and over again right <laughs> um, he had, so he had responded because I told him that we had talked about doing something like that and he said um, they're not great so I don't blame you you could uh, instead talk about the copycats like Orca um, <laughs> and Piranha which I, I wanted to bring that up because I know that Patrick had mentioned that at work, being like, yeah, talk about Orca. Boy. I'm like, we're oh, going to yeah. talk about the Orca. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we want to thank you guys for your comments, uh, You know, taking a, a few minutes out to respond. Um, it's, it's appreciated. Yeah. Kind of got and me we'll thinking. we'll announce like, what our actual bonus will be at the end of the episode. Yes, we will. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out before because it was in my mind. I didn't want to forget. Yeah. Um, I had an idea for a bonus episode. If we could just get a little bit more feedback, I thought it'd be fun to do like a Q&A. Be like, hey, you guys have questions on stuff, send them in, and we'll do an entire episode on that. That will be talked about at a later time yeah. when we get more than two comments. Um, so, Jaws. Let's talk about it. Okay. Um, let's see. So, Jaws is a... I'm going to bring this over here. So I don't care if I see my face. Um, but I can see yours, so it's fine. Uh, Jaws is a, a 1975 American thriller film directed by Steven Spielberg based on the 1974 novel by Peter Benchley. I actually had that book growing up. Hmm. Um, my attention span didn't let me read it all the way through at once, but I remember skimming it quite often. It's too bad you don't still have it. I wish I did. Um, in the film, a man-eating great white shark attacks uh, beachgoers at a summer resort town, prompting a police officer or police chief... Martin Brody, played by Rob uh, Scheider. It says Scheider, but it is Scheider. I thought it was yeah. Schneider. Rob Schneider is the Happy Gilmore guy. Right, right, right. You can do it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Roy Scheider. Okie dokie. I feel like a dummy now. Um, yeah. To hunt it with the help of marine biologist Richard Dreyfus, which... <laughs> It was hilarious in this movie. Mm-hmm. And professional shark hunter Robert Shaw. Murray Hamilton plays the dickhead mayor, and Lorraine Gray portrays Brody's wife. The screenplay is credited to Benchley, who wrote the first drafts, which is kind of rad, and actor-writer Carl Gottlieb, who rewrote the script uh, during prince, uh, principal photography. Shot mostly on location um, in Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts, Jaws was the first major motion picture to be shot on the ocean and resultingly had a troubled production going over budget and past schedule. 
The um, As the art department's mechanical sharks often malfunctioned, Spielberg decided mostly to suggest that the shark's presence, employing an ominous and minimalist theme created by composer John Williams, uh, thank you, uh, to indicate its impending appearances, Spielberg and others um, have compared this suggestive approach to that of uh, director Alfred Hitchcock. Universal Pictures gave the film what was then an exceptionally wide release for a major studio picture um, on over 450 screens, accompanied by an extensive marketing campaign with heavy emphasis on television spots and tie-in merchandise. Jaws was the prototypical summer blockbuster regarded as a watershed moment in motion picture history, and it won several motion uh, several, and it won several awards for its music and editing. It was the highest-grossing film until the release of Star Wars in 1977. Short-lived sure. for two years, but you get your money. Mm-hmm. Both films were pivotal in establishing the modern Hollywood business model, which pursues high box office returns from action and adventure films with simple, high-concept premises. Uh, released during the summer in thousands of theaters and advertised heavily, Jaws was followed by three sequels without the involvement of Spielberg or Benchley. And many Which is why in, they all um, suck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've um, never seen any of them, obviously, because I just saw this one for the first time, but I've heard nothing but terrible things about all of the sequels. I'm half tempted to like hold off our bonus episode. Like we have an idea what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. But I'd be like, hey, I'm pretty sure in the next week we can find time to watch Jaws. Two and three, I, I wouldn't push it and say four, but we could just watch those and talk about how fucking bad, bad the sequels are. Be like, we talked about Jaws last week. Let's talk about the stepchild this week. Um, I don't know if uh, I want to do that to myself. I don't blame you. Um, and many imitative thrillers. In 2001, it was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the United States National Film Registry as cultural historic or aesthetically significant. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to take a sip of whisk here. That was it for the production? That's um, that's just kind of the initial the initial start. We're not in, we haven't started talking development. That's just that's okay. just my my Wikipedia rundowns as I do. Um, so the plot of the film. When a young woman is killed by a shark while skinny dipping near the New England tourist town of Amity Island, police chief Martin Brody wants to close the beaches, but uh, the mayor Larry Vaughn overrules him, fearing that the loss of tourist revenue will cripple the town. Ichthyologist Matt Hooper, played by Richard Dreyfuss, um, and grizzled ship captain Quint offer to help Brody capture the killer beast, and the trio engage in an epic battle of man versus nature. And boy, yeah, I it... just watched Close Encounters like a couple weeks ago because I did a big sci-fi binge. Yeah, so you're seeing Dreyfus again. It was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, and the the thing is too is like when I think about Richard Dreyfus, honestly, the thing that I think about with him is what about Bob? Hmm. That's that's my Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> like growing up, Third Encounters, gr- a good movie, but it's not like something that is a big part of my life. Yeah. Jaws, it, you know, it's Richard Dreyfuss, but it's not the, it's not, you know, my, like my Richard Dreyfuss, I guess you could sure. say, but, um, development. So Richard D. Zanuck and David Brown, producers at Universal Pictures, independently heard about Peter Benchley's novel Jaws. 
Brown uh, Brown came across it in the literal in the literature section of Lifestyle magazine compilation, then edited by his wife, Helen Gurley Brown. A small card written by the magazine's book editor gave a detailed description of the plot, concluded with the comment, "Might make a good movie." The producers each read the book, of course, um, in a single night, and agreed the next morning that it was the most exciting thing that they have, had ever read. And that they wanted to produce a film version. Although they were unsure how it would be accomplished, they purchased the film rights in 1973 before the uh, book's publication for approximately 175000 which is equivalent to about $990,000 in 2018. Talk about chunks of change. Brown claimed that they had read the book twice. They would never have made the film... Oh, sorry, but that had they read the book twice, they would never had made the film because they would realize how difficult it'd be to execute certain sequences. Um, to direct, Zanuck and Brown um, first considered uh, veteran filmmaker John Sturgis, whose resume included another maritime adventure, The Old Man and the Sea, before offering the job to Dick Richards, who directorial debut The Culpepper uh, Cattle Company, had come out the previous year. They soon grew irritated with Richard's habit of describing the shark as a whale and dropped him from the project, which is actually a fun fact that I had written down. Um, Meanwhile, Steven Spielberg very much wanted the job. The 26-year-old had just directed his first theatrical film, The Sugarland Express, for Zanuck and Brown. At uh, At the end of a meeting in their office, Spielberg noticed that their copy of the still unpublished Benchley novel after reading it was immediately captivated. He later observed that it was similar to his 1971 television film Duel in that both deal with these leviathans targeting every men. He also revealed um, in the making of Jaws, honestly, the making of Jaws documentary popped up so much while doing research on this that I, well, yeah, I feel like a, if you haven't seen that and you're a big fan of Jaws, I'd recommend it. Um, it was on the 2012 DVD release that he had directly referenced Duel by repurposing the sound of the truck being destroyed as the death roar of the shark. Um, as Richard's departure, the uh, the producers signed Spielberg to direct in June of 1973 before the release of Sugarland Express. Um... Before production began, Spielberg grew reluctant to continue with Jaws in fear of becoming typecast as the truck and shark director. He wanted to move over to 20th Century Fox's Lucky Lady instead, but Universal exercised its right under its contract with the director to veto his departure. Brown helped convince Spielberg to stick with the project, saying that after Jaws, you can make all the films you want. The film was given an estimated budget of $3.5 million and a shooting schedule of 55 days. Principal photography was set to begin in May of 1974. Universal wanted to shoot to finish by the end of June. When the major studio's contract with the Screen Actors Guild was due to expire to avoid any disruptions due to a potential strike. Mm. So, filming... Um, they start. They started working without a script, without a cast, and without a shark," said <laughs> actor Richard Dreyfus on the film's troubled production. <laughs> that seems uh, like but, an important uh, 
aspects that you kind of yeah, need. Yeah, you would definitely think so, right? Um, principle for photography began on May 2nd, 1944 on the island of Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. Selected after consideration was given to Eastern Long Island, Brown explained later that the production needed a vacation area that was lower middle class enough so that the appearance of the shark would destroy the tourist business. Martha's Vineyard was also chosen because of the surrounding ocean had a sandy bottom that never dropped below 35 feet for 12 miles out from shore, um, which allowed the mechanical sharks to operate while also beyond sight of land. Uh, as Spielberg wanted to film the aquatic sequences relatively close up to resemble what people would see swimming, cinematographer Bill Butler, I uh, thank you, devised new equipment to facilitate marine and underwater shooting, including a rig to keep the camera stable regardless of the tide and sealed submersible uh, in a sealed submersible camera box. Spielberg asked the art department to avoid red in both scenery and wardrobe so that the blood from the attacks would be the only red element and cause a bigger shock which is accurate um the fishing village of uh, menemsha martha's vineyard was the primary location initially the film's producers wanted to train a great white shark but quickly (laughs) quickly realized that this wasn't possible so yeah. they um, so three full-size pneumon- uh, pneumatically powered prop sharks, which the film nicknamed Bruce after Spielberg's, uh, Spielberg's lawyer, which is also my fun facts, um, Bruce Raymer, were made for production. A sea sled shark, a full-body prop sh- uh, with its belly missing uh, that was towed with a 300-foot line, and two platform sharks, one that moved from... Um, camera left to right with its hidden side exposing an array of pneumatic hoses and an opposite model with its flank uncovered. <clears throat> Excuse me. The sharks were designed by art director Joe Alvis during the third quarter of 1973. Between November of 73 and April of 74, the sharks were fabricated at Raleigh Harper's motion picture, picture and equipment rental in Sun Valley, California. Their construction involved a team of as many as 40 effects technicians supervised by mechanical effects supervisor Bob Matty, best known for creating the giant squid in 20,000 leagues uh, under the sea. After the sharks were completed, they were trucked to the shooting location. In uh, early July, the platform used to tow the two side view sharks capsized as it was being lowered into the ocean floor forcing the team of divers to retrieve it. The model required 14 operators to control all the moving parts. Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we said, Jaws was the first major motion picture to be shot on the ocean, resulting in a troubled shoot and went far over budget. Uh, David Brown said that the budget was 3.5 to $4 million and the picture would uh, wind up costing $9 million. Um, yeah, the effects outlay outlays alone uh, grew to three million due to the problems with the mechanical sharks. Disgruntled crew members gave the film nickname, gave the nickname "Flaws." <laughs> um, Spielberg attributed many problems to his perfectionism and his inexperience. The former was epitomized by his insistence on shooting at sea with a life-size shark. I could have shot the movie in a tank or even in a protected lake somewhere, but it would not have looked the same. Uh, 
And as for his lack of experience, I was naive about the ocean, basically. I was pretty naive about Mother Nature and the hubris of a filmmaker who thinks he can conquer the elements was foolhardy. But I was too young to know I was being foolhardy when I demanded that we shoot the film in the Atlantic Ocean and not in a North Hollywood tank. Gottlieb said that there was nothing to do except for make the movie. So everyone kept overworking, and then while as a writer he did not have to attend the ocean set every day, once the crewmen returned, they, um, they arrived, ravaged, sunburnt, windblown, and covered with salt water. <laughs> um, shooting at sea led to many delays, unwanted sailboats drifting into frame, cameras getting soaked, and the orca began to sink with the actors on board. The prop sharks frequently malfunctioned um, owing to a series of problems including bad weather, pneumatic hoses taking on salt water, frames fracturing due to water resistance, corroding skin, and electrolysis. From the first water test onward, the non-absorbent neoprene foam that made up the shark's skin um, soaked up liquid, causing the sharks to balloon. Um, and the sea sled model frequently got tangled among the forests of seaweed. Spielberg later calculated that during the 12-hour delay uh, work schedule, on average, only four hours were actually spent filming. Fuck. (laughs) Gottlieb was nearly decapitated by the boat's propellers, and Dreyfus was almost imprisoned in the steel cage. The actors were frequently seasick. Shaw also fled to Canada whenever he could due to tax problems, Engaging in binge drinking and developed a grudge against Richard Dreyfus, which is also in my fun facts, <laughs> who was getting rave reviews for his performance in Duddy Kravitz. Editor Verna Fields rarely had material to work with during uh, principal photography, as according to Spielberg, we would shoot five scenes in a day, three in an average, and none on a bad day. <laughs> Fuck, man. Um,. So a large model shark is uh, hoisted by a crane as two men watch it. Uh, The mechanical shark attached to a tower. The delays proved beneficial in some regards. The script was refined during production, and the unreliable mechanical sharks forced Spielberg to shoot many scenes so that the shark was only hinted at. For example, for much of the shark hunt, the location um, is indicated by floating yellow barrels. The opening had the shark devouring Chrissy, but it was rewritten so that it was shot with um, back uh, Backlany being dragged and yanked by cables to simulate an attack. Which that scene right there, it's like any time like Ace Ventura, you know, Ace Ventura with the like they reference shark uh, jaws twice in that one when he's like here's the flake and then it comes up and yeah. then when he's being dragged from side to side. Mm. Um, and so, uh, pretty iconic opening there. Um, so, Spielberg also included multiple shots of just the dorsal fin. This forced uh, restraint is widely thought to be added to the film's suspense. As Spielberg put it later, uh, put it years later, the film went from a Japanese Saturday horror matinee flick to a more of a Hitchcock, the less you see, the more you get thriller, which is what I love about this movie. I'm so glad, like, don't get me wrong. Like more, like it would have been awesome to see the shark more, but then when you're seeing the shark, you're like, okay, 
I could definitely... Yeah, I mean, it looks good, but it's definitely the... It's one of those happy accidents where it's like not seeing it ended up making it so much scarier. Because like you kind of know where it is, but you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's... Yeah. Well, the POV, it's the same thing with Halloween. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know that... I believe, didn't they get... I think they got inspiration from that as well. Like, it, it works. And I wish that we, as horror films wouldn't have gotten away from that because the less is more is real like mm-hmm. <laughs> your mind can do some really crazy things you don't have to be told everything that's going on um or do we? oh yeah so in another interview he similarly uh similarly similarly declared the sharks not working was a godsend it made me become more like alfred hitchcock hitchcock than like Jack. Ray Her- <laughs> Her- uh, he made him more like Alfred Hitchcock than like Ray Harryhausen. The acting became crucial for making the audience believe in such a big shark. The more fake the shark looked in the water, the more my anxiety told me to heighten the naturalism of the performances. Footage of real sharks was shot by Ron and Valerie, uh, Valerie Taylor in the waters off the Dangerous Reef in South Australia. With a short actor in a miniature short, uh, shark cage the creature, uh, to create the illusion that the sharks were enormous. During ta- uh, the Taylor shoot, a great, white, a great white attack, I can't fucking talk right now, attacked the boat and cage. The footage of the cage attack was so stunning that Spielberg was eager to incorporate it in the, in the film. No one had been in the cage at the time, and the script, following the novel, originally had the shark killing Hooper in it. Um, the storyline was so, uh, consequently altered to have uh, Cooper or Hooper escape the cage, which allowed the footage to be used. Um, as production executive Bill Gilmore put it, the shark down in Australia rewrote the script and saved uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character, which is kind of funny because it's in one of my notes that I wrote down. It's like he gets out of the cage and then he just goes and hides yeah. down in the rocks and it's like, oh, I can come out now. Which is, you know, not the worst idea. It is if the other guy dies because you were hiding. <laughs> I suppose, but like what exactly was he going to do? No, I understand that, but at the same time... <laughs> what like you're gonna run out of oxygen at some point like yeah. i would i don't know what i I don't know if i'd rather get eaten by a shark or drown that's a fun game let's not play <laughs> i would swim head first and just like just bite my fucking head off and end it please like <laughs> i the don't propeller. let's just end this now yeah i'd rather not end up like quint please <laughs> i don't want it to prolong um Although principal photography was scheduled to take 55 days, it did not wrap until October 6th of 1974 after 159 days. Spielberg, reflecting on the protracted shoot, stated, I thought my career as a filmmaker was over. I heard rumors that I would never uh, work again because no one had ever taken a film 100 days over schedule. Spielberg, uh, Spielberg himself was not present for the shooting of the final scene in which the shark explodes as he believed that the crew were planning to throw him in the water when the scene was done. <laughs> it has since become a tradition for Spielberg to be absent when the final scene of one of his films is being shot. Afterward, underwater scenes were shot at the MGM water tank in Culver City with stuntman Dick Warlock, which I believe is... Um, I believe Dick Warlock was Michael Myers. 
in Halloween 6? No, that's A. Michael Lerner. So, or one of them. Halloween 2. He was in Halloween 3. Say that name sounds incredibly familiar. Yeah, Dick Warlock. That's the Warlock. He was, uh, yeah, Dick Warlock was Michael Myers in 1980 in, in Halloween 2. I don't know where I'm at. Um, so, and then Frank James Sparks is standards for Dreyfus in the scenes where the shark attacks the cage, as well as near Santa uh, Santa Catalina Island, California. Fields, who had completed a rough cut of the first two-thirds of the film up until the shark hunt, finished the editing and reworked some of the material. According to Zanuck, um, she actually came in and reconstructed some of the scenes that Steven had constructed for comedy and made them terrifying. And some of the scenes he shot to be terrifying and made them into comedy scenes. The boat used for the orca was brought to Los Angeles so the sound effects team could record uh, sounds for both the ship and the underwater scenes. Um, God damn it. I think this is the first time that my notes have blown like a quarter of my fun fact list. Um, <laughs> Two scenes were altered following test screenings. As the audience screams had covered up um, Scheider's bigger boat one-liner, um, Brody's reaction after the shark jumps uh, behind him was extended, and the volume of the line was raised. Spielberg also decided that he was um, greedy for one more scream and reshot the scene in which Hooper discovers Ben Gardner's body using three thousand dollars of his own money after universal refused to pay for the reshoot which i wrote in my notes was the jump scare that got me Hmm. when the head pops in the boat and like ah fuck i forgot you were coming there (laughs) um so the underwater scene was shot in field swimming pool this is the same place that they did creature is it yeah they talk a lot i believe they talked about uh field swimming Oh no, Fields is. Oh my God, Fields! It, I, I'm drawing a blank. Fields is somebody that was working on the movie, so the swimming pool. But I think that they, um, Culver, uh, Culver. Oh my goodness, I just lost my place. Yeah, in Culver, where they like the Culver pools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Culver City. I think the MGM studio. I think that's where they did Creature. Was there. But Fields, I think, was somebody that was working on the boat, but I actually lost. Uh, the editor, I believe, is who that was. Um, using a life cast latex model of Craig Kingsbury's head attached to a fake body, which was placed in the wrecked boat's hole, to simulate the murky waters of Martha's Vineyard, powdered milk was poured into the pool, which was then covered with a tarp. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hmm. Well, cheese and rice. Right. All right. So, um, those were the notes that I had for all that. Um, that was a lot of um, filming there. So, I mean, well, we can talk... 150 ab- some odd days. That uh, <laughs> takes up a lot of notes. Um, so, there's a little bit more here that we can talk about. Um, I'm not going to go into it heavily, but John Williams composed the uh, film score, which earned him an Academy Award, and then was later ranked as the sixth greatest score by the American Film Institute. The main shark theme, a simple alternate padding, uh, pattern of two notes, uh, variously identified as E and F, or F and F sharp, became a classic piece of suspense music synonymous with approaching danger. Which is funny, too, because my daughter loves sharks, and so like if we're in a swimming pool, she'll be like, get, get out of here. Well, it's one of those things that you... We, I mean, we've talked about it before in different well, classic movies, but it's one of those things that you know whether you've seen Jaws or not. Mm-hmm. Like the... Yeah, like, yeah. As a slasher thing, like the... Da-na, da-na, that's just or a thing that you the know. Like the, yeah. like the little knife sound in Halloween. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll kind of gloss over this. Marketing, Universal spent about $1.8 million in marketing with Jaws and including an unprecedented $700,000 on national television spot advertising. Uh, They media blitzed the shit out of that. It received a lot of accolades, um, sequels. (laughs) Jaws spawned three sequels to uh, declining critical favor in commercial performance. Their combined domestic grosses amount barely to half of the first films. It's not good. Um, there's a lot more than we can cover. Like mm. I didn't, like we didn't end up just not even talking about the movie after. <laughs> like there's a lot to talk about. Well, I would say that yeah, if you want to get, unless there's something that's holy crap must be mentioned, uh, it's no. worth watching that documentary if you want to yeah. get. Uh, yeah, exactly. Even more. There's lots of stuff to talk about, like home media is the legacy of Jaws, like this, the things. Yeah, we that don't came need to from, get into that. Yeah, the accolades, critical receptions, the fact. This was one. There's a thing in here where there's it's a, a big chunk of it written scholarly criticisms, mm-hmm. um, and it said that Jaws had received attention from academic critics. Stephen Heath relates the film's ideological meanings to the uh, then-recent Watergate scandal. He argues that Brody represents the white middle class. There is simply not a black... No, there is not a single black person in the movie, and very quickly not a single woman in the film outside of the mom and the wife. It's very male-dominant in that. Um, it says who, um, who restores public order with an ordinary guy kind of heroism born out of fear and decency yet Heath moves beyond ideological content analyzing to examine Jaws as a signal, signal, a single signal example of the film as an industrial product that sells on the basis of the pleasure of cinema, thus yielding the perpetuation of the industry, which is part of the meaning of jaws to be the most profitable movie 
there is a big old section talking about different things about the analysis of the movie. And if you guys are interested in that, all you have to do is look up Jaws. It's it's yeah. not hard to find. Um, so we'll dive into our fun facts, which I have pre-selected. Mm-hmm. So, and some of them you pre-said because they yep. were in your uh, notes there. Yeah. So several decades after the film's release, Lee Fierro, who played Mrs. Kittner, walked into a seafood restaurant and noticed that the menu had an Alex Kittner sandwich. She commented that she had played his mother so many years ago, the owner of the restaurant ran out to meet her, and he was none other than Jeffrey Voorhees, who played her son Alex. They had not seen each other since the original movie was shot. Wow, that's cool. Isn't that crazy? Um... According to director Steven Spielberg, the prop arm looked too fake in the scene where Chrissy's remains are discovered, so instead they buried a female crew member in the sand with only her arm exposed. Hmm. Um, so uh, Rob Scheider, or sorry, Roy Scheider stated in an interview that in the scene where um, Lee Fierro, Mrs. Kittner, smacks him in the face, she was actually smacking him. Apparently the actress could not fake a slap, so the 17 takes were some of the most painful of his career. <laughs> also stating that in several interviews that one of the takes when she slapped him, his glasses fell off. So she smacked the glasses right off his face. <laughs> um, director Steven Spielberg said that when he first read the novel, he found himself rooting for the shark because the human characters are so unlikable. Um, I already mentioned this. Um, the three mechanical bruises were made for specific functions, and they cost about $250,000 a piece. Um, the, the, tension, the good tension on the set between Hooper and Quint was real. Over 67 million people in the U.S. went to see this film when it was initially released in 1975, making it the first summer blockbuster. Um, according to writer Carl Gottlieb, the line, you're going to need a bigger boat, was not scripted, but was ad-libbed. Nice. Um, so it said, according to the Making of Jaws, the Making of Jaws documentary, the shooting star that appears during the night scene where Brody loads his revolver was real and not an optical effect. Um, so uh, I got a couple here that are a little bit longer, but they're interesting nonetheless. According to Steven Spielberg in the DVD making of documentary, his original idea for introducing Quint was to have him in the local movie theater watching Moby Dick, starring Gregory Peck. Quint was to be sitting at the back of the theater laughing so loudly at this absurd special effects that um, of the whale that he drove the other few viewers to exit the theater. Eventually, Quint would be discovered sitting by himself. Spielberg said that the only thing that stopped him from using that scene was Gregory Peck, who had held um, part of the rights to that movie. Hmm. When Spielberg approached him for permission to use the footage, Peck turned him down, not because he thought it was a bad idea to use the film that way, but because Peck did not like his performance in Moby Dick and did not want to see the film again. <laughs> and so, Fair enough. Um... This is kind of a downer one. So, though respected as an actor, Robert Shaw's trouble with alcohol was a frequent source of tension during filming. In later interviews, Roy Scheider described his co-star as a perfect gentleman when he was sober. All he needed was one drink, and then he turned into a competitive son of a bitch. Mm. According to Carl Gottlieb's book, The Jaws Log, um, Shaw was having a drink between takes at one point, which he announced, I wish I could quit drinking. 
Much to the surprise and horror of the crew, Richard Dreyfus simply grabbed Shaw's glass and tossed it into the ocean. When it came to time to shoot the infamous um, USS Indianapolis scene, Shaw attempted to do the monologue while intoxicated as it called for the men to be drinking late at night. Nothing in the take could be used. A remorseful Shaw called Steven Spielberg uh, late that night and asked if he could have another try. The, uh, the next day of shooting, Shaw's electrical or electrifying performance was done in one take. Um, uh, composer John Williams conducted the orchestra during the 1976 Academy Awards, so when it was announced that he had won the Oscar for Best Score, he had to run up to the podium, accept his Oscar, and then run back down to continue conducting the orchestra. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so I already kind of brought, uh, talked about this one. Um, about Steven Spielberg not being the original director, um, that it was actually Dick Richards, which is hilarious um, name, was fired after the meeting producers. Uh, it was stated that he... Oh, the producer said that they were not making Moby Dick and that they kept try, he kept trying to switch it to a shark opposed to a, or a, a whale instead of a shark. Um, we're not making Moby Dick, Dick. Yeah, Dick. <laughs> Um, during pre, this is the last one during pre-production. And this one actually is kind of funny because I, I kind of view it like with the kind of Benny Hill caper music in the background with three little, yeah, three little caricatures of these guys. So during pre-production director, Steven Spielberg accompanied by friends, Martin Scorsese, George Lucas, and John Milius visited the effect shop where Bruce, the shark was being constructed. <laughs> Lucas stuck his head in the mouth to see how um, in the shark's mouth to see how it worked. Uh, so George Lucas stuck his head in the shark of the mouth to see how it worked. And as a joke, Milius and uh, Spielberg snuck to the controls and made the jaw clamp around uh, clamp shut on George Lucas's head. <laughs> Unfortunately, rather than uh, rather prophetically, considering the later technical issues that the production would suffer, the shark malfunctioned. And Lucas got stuck in the mouth of the shark. <laughs> when Spielberg and Milius were finally able to free him, the three men run—they uh, ran out of the workshop, afraid of the damage, major, uh, <laughs> afraid of they had done major damage to the creature. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. I could just—I could just picture them, little yeah, cartoon yeah, characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that—that's um, the fun facts. Those were fun. Those Infectual. were fun. So let's go ahead and breeze through the movie here. Mm-hmm. So, the movie starts out with the iconic score, underwater shot, leading up to, you know, a classic beach party, um, where, you know, you got a couple people kind of making googly eyes at each other, and um, she runs off, skinny dips, um, the guy's chasing her, and it's hilarious because he gets out there, and he's so drunk, he's like, I'm drunk, and he's trying to take his clothes off to go out there with her, and he can't, and he falls down and passes out on the beach. Mm Mm-hmm. And that saved his life because yep. she gets um, she gets the drag back and forth, um, which is uh, as we talked about earlier, kind of a, an iconic scene. Yeah, and it's brutal too. I mean, that's the other thing is like I again having only seen bits and pieces of this, it, it surprised me how much of a horror movie this really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it definitely thrills. Um, so as you would do when you have a shark attack, you would Mm -hmm. try to close the beaches. Mm -hmm. Um, but the mayor isn't about it. He's like, 
listen, motherfucker, this we we need the money. We're a beach town. We're a beach town, and we need the money to keep it going. And and he doesn't so, have the foresight to go. You know, if a bunch of people are here and someone dies, that closes us down for good. Now <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he. Uh, it's not just a week. It's like forever. Well, and he doesn't really get the hint either until later on when he, um, his kid was on the beach, mm-hmm. or says that, and he looks all shaken up, and it's like, dude. And I, it was one of the notes, and I'll kind of talk about it now. Like from a business standpoint, I get where he's coming from. I really sure. do. But being crazy stubborn at the beach, like the thing that he cares more, like he cares obviously about the business, but then when. He's more worried about them cleaning the graffiti off of the sign. Yeah. When they're talking about that, like that's where his like priorities are, and it's like I get it. Like as a manager, you have to manage, and sometimes you have to be that asshole, but not when lives are at risk. You know what I mean? So like, just him being so stubborn about it, it's like I get it, bud. But at the same time, you're wrong. (laughs) I'm Um, gonna show you how you're wrong. (laughs) And so. You know, we get our we get our second kill of the movie. Everyone's out on the beach, and Brody's out. You know, keeping an eye, kind of watching. Yeah, you had the false, the first false scare where, you know, here's the screaming, and then he perks up, and then the girl gets lifted out of the water, and this is where poor Alex Kittner meets his demise. Um, just gets gets fucking shredded. Yeah, and it's just well, like, it was surprising oh. to see a kid get eaten by the shark like i was watching yeah. it going they're not gonna have a kid get eaten it's no there's no know, it's spielberg for crying out loud he loves mm-hmm. kids yeah like, but no. even if you don't <laughs> like kids you're not gonna brutally murder one in a movie yeah. <laughs> you know like that's that's a taboo um so you know the kid dies it gets all bad um they kind of have a town meeting they're all sitting in there and you know Kind of like a South Park episode, where like rabble, 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 <laughs> and then you hear just the nails on the chalkboard, and I'm like, okay. It's Another great. one of those classic scenes that mm-hmm. is imitated and there's mocked. a right, and he there's like a picture of a shark, a caricature yeah. of a shark drawn on the fucking chalkboard. I assume um, he did that. Yeah, I, I just imagine him sitting there fucking drawing it out before he waits, and he's like, all right, we're done. <laughs> right i want and everyone to see my cool picture yeah um so they're like you know well th- mrs kettner puts out a reward three thousand dollars for anybody that killed a shark hmm. um and quint's sitting there and he's like i'll do it for ten thousand and you're like eh, we get it you're gonna get a bunch of people that are gonna go out there and do stupid shit Someone else Which is probably going to get hurt. Yes, they Which do. Which they do. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, say what you will about Quint, but he is the professional. Yeah. He's a um, bit eccentric, but he knows yeah. what he's doing. His right. uh, little shack is more than proof. Yeah. He has enough shark jaws up there to <laughs> That's true. line his entire wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Brody's house is one of my favorite houses ever just yeah, because I'd take in, that house huh i'd take that house well and the thing i love is i, I like i love the windows and like like it, there's no it's just window window like mm-hmm. like the view is perfect and i'm like i could definitely sit 
in that room and just watch the water. Like Yeah, but for I, someone who inexplicably seems to water. hate the water, which they never I don't think they ever really get into. Not really. Mm. He does hate the water, but yeah, you're the chief of a island. Yeah. And you're living on the water. It's like you're mm-hmm. doing this test of wills where you wake up every morning having to see your most hated oh, thing. Oh, I got this today. <laughs> well, that's that, like that's the catch twenty two of my life. Like, I want some like I'd love to someday be able to retire and live in a house like that on the water. But mm-hmm. the other part of me wants to live in a house like that, but in the in like the woods and the mountains. Like either way, away from people. Sure. But like. I like I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to be that eccentric guy. I'd be like, oh, there goes you know, <laughs> Mister D out there, fucking crazy pants. <laughs> um, Stay off of my lawn. Uh, There's no one there, honey. <laughs> um, so the fishermen they go out to try to uh, catch the shark. Um, the, so you have these guys on a dock trying to mm-hmm. catch it, and the dock gets pulled into the water, and like they got they got lucky. Because that was, shark was coming. If we did a scorecard for this, they would be my most wanted to die. Like, they were just so dumb. Yeah. It's just, out of all the stupid things people do in this movie to try and catch the shark, air quotes. Let's, mm-hmm. like, Let's catch a shark from land. Yeah. Good luck trying to reel that fucker in. Yeah. They don't. I know they don't realize it's a 6,000 pound. Yeah, but still, even if it's just a normal ass shark. Like that 10-footer that they catch? Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to reel it in with a freaking fishing pole and fistful of dreams. <laughs> right. So um, they end up doing an autopsy. Um, they do an autopsy on Chrissy to determine that, you know, it wasn't a boating accident, that she was indeed killed by a shark. Mm-hmm. Um, the fishermen, they go out, they ca- and they, they catch a shark, but what they catch is a tiger shark. Um, which is a lot smaller than what it is that they're looking for, and that Hooper isn't convinced, but the mayor said no to a half-assed <laughs> autopsy, and they didn't want to do it on the dock where they're going to cut it out. Because which is and fair. Th- it is fair, because it's like if a little boy or part of a little boy drops out of that thing onto the dock, nobody wants to see that. No. No. But, I mean, and there's, there's alternatives. Like, you can do what they ended up doing, which is take the shark somewhere else. Yeah. Yes. That that's the only part that would be, probably be my dumbest moment. I don't know why we're doing a score or I'm doing a scorecard when we're not doing a scorecard, but it's like right. But it, obviously, it, I don't need to gut the shark right in front of every damn buddy. No, like, let's move it somewhere. It's it not, can be yeah. moved. There, you don't have people standing there being like, "Show us what's inside." Yeah, you know, I demand it. Um, Though you'd think they would, <laughs> like just yeah. for safety. But they're all like yucking it up, like, "Oh, this is funny. Two people are dead, and here's the shark that did it." Let's take yep. a picture. It's like. <laughs> what are you doing uh so they end up um they're going out they're looking looking for the shark i believe um and this is where the jump scare hooper goes in the water and he's they see a boat kind of overturned or no there's a hole in the hole um and that's (laughs) hole in the hole and you know butterfingers hooper has the shot the shark tooth Mm-hmm. In his hand, which is the size of this whiskey glass right here, like it. They say a shot glass, but let's be real. That thing is like a fucking giant ass Dorito. Um, and 
they're you know looking at the boat and he gets the jump scare but drops his knife drops the flashlight drops the shark tooth and then obviously you know it happens later when they're going to try to poison the shark mm-hmm. by stabbing it in the mouth and of course he drops you know his device that's got the the poison in it and the the big ass needle mm-hmm. um so the 4th of July is is here uh and it came quick and you just have ferry loads and ferry loads of people just being dropped off and it's like good goddamn um boats are patrolling the waters to try to keep it safe um it's a classic misdirect where they you know they're looking off to the right to watch for the shark and then the shark is swimming to the left and you know <laughs> since they're not focused they don't see the fin it's like the but, scooby-doo like everyone's looking here and the monster just goes ee, ee, yeah <laughs> behind but them. <laughs> at, the, at the same time i don't know if that was the shark or if that was the boys the, playing yeah, the, the prank. Shithead kids yeah um and so the people start to see it and they panic you know you got like everyone's kind of making their way out and they're actually grabbing kids and not just leaving them but then you see people getting yeah Yeah. but you see like old people on the ground getting trampled and you're like come on guys like i know when it comes down to it you got to look out for yourself but like let's be honest you pick up an old lady come on (laughs) um complete jerks yeah (laughs) turns out that there are kids with a fake fin and snorkels but a shark is spotted in what they called the pond which a shark should not ever be able to get into an actual pond but well it's um, like an an outlet mini lake thing that's like attached to the mm -hmm. regular ocean yeah it's not quite as deep i guess Mm -hmm. yeah could you imagine a 25 foot shark in something like that it's like the like the back section of rimrock where the little bridge is Mm -hmm. and you're like no, thank Takes you. up half the freaking thing. Yeah. From here. Um, so they get the kids out of the water, little fuckers, and um, there's some kids sitting on a boat in the pond, and then the guy comes, you know, an older guy comes rowing up, and he's like, you know, you guys get out of here. What you doing? Yeah. Shark comes up behind, flips the boat, bites mm-hmm. his fucking leg off, he gets it, and then you just see the boy, the look on the boy's face, which, which is sheer terror. Yeah, the size of a shark that big swimming right at you. He's lucky he didn't get bit up right then and there. Yeah. Um. So gets bit, pulled underwater. You're like, fuck, that's brutal. Um. So they 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 set out on the orca to go and find um. To go and find uh, Bruce, if you will. Um, Quint singing and just talking shit. Like, he's like, he keeps doing these, like, dad joke one-liners where he's just basically poking and prodding. And I wish I would have taken notes of some of the things that he had said. But it's just like, he's one of those guys who's like, you know, wrecked him, damn near killed him. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, okay, you're not funny, guy. (laughs) You know, just Doing all those sea shanties and wacky horse shit. It's like... Like three exactly. people are dead, or two are dead, and one was bit up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one thing I do like about Quint's boat, he does have quite the fishing rig set up. So he's got a chair, mm-hmm. he gets all set up, and the, like, he's straps himself in because he's you know going for the the big haul here. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, you know, hooking himself to the reel. Like I'm like, this guy's got it 
got it set up and ready to go. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like the standard, like, if you're hunting or fishing big, you know, fish. So, you know, swordfish, like, yeah. some big old 900-pound tunas. You're yeah, going to lose that battle that nine times putting out on your wall and shit. That's the mm-hmm. kind of rig you want to have. Yep, that'd be awesome. So, I swear to God. Swear um, to me. Swear to me. Uh, Brady starts to chum the waters. Uh, wants a break, but Hooper is driving the boat. So he's like, he's like, can't somebody else do it? Uh, he's would be like, pretty freaking gross. Um, keeps. I'm gonna lose my shit with these dogs. Um, so, but about Bob lost my place. Um, so. You know, the line pops up. You're going to need a bigger boat. And they kind of, you know, disclose that Jaws is a, a 6,000-pound, 25-footer, 23, 25-footer. Bigger I, than the boat, basically. <laughs> like, like, what are you going to do when you pull that thing up? It's not going to yeah. fit on the boat. Um, yeah. And I was looking it up during the course of watching this um, to see how big Jaws is in mm. comparison to a Megalodon. And it's about half the size of what a megalodon is. Yeah. I don't want to see either of those things if I ever go swimming again. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing is I I actually watched the Meg with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And as much as you'd be like, wow, this is bad. I'm like, it's not Jaws too bad. But it's, um, you know, um, the Meg and the 47 meters down movies, Mm -hmm. like they're actually pretty decent for being shark movies um so they're um staying out you know you're like oh we're heading back right they're like no we're staying out so they're sitting there kind of one up in each other going back and forth about um the wounds that they have and um quint drops a bomb uh, for the lack of a better word, um, <laughs> about his uh, <laughs> about how um, he was on the USS Indianapolis that delivered the um, bomb to um, where it needed to be to I believe for Hiroshima, mm-hmm. um, and that story is intense. And uh, spoiler alert: it's uh, it actually happened. That was a real story, um, <laughs> at least from the notes I had gathered about grizzly real life shark attacks um so they're they're drinking and they're singing and they're banging on the the table and just having a good old time and all of a sudden the shark starts to attack the boat (laughs) that's this was probably the biggest horror movie moment for me it was like a michael myers trying to get in the house Mm -hmm. kind of thing where it's just deliberately smashing against the boat trying to break it and sink it yeah uh it's insane um yeah so they're you know they're sitting there they're um sorry i'm trying to text my wife so yeah like it's pushing in the boat and the thing that i didn't understand about this movie that was kind of crazy to me is how much jaws goes like this like goes forward and then backs up like it's a goddamn boat. <laughs> I've never seen a I've never seen a shark go in reverse. And I don't know if they can. 
I'm I almost positive they can't, but I don't know. I feel like they can only swim forward, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, so, um, Brody goes to radio the, course, uh, the Coast Guard, but Quint busts up the radio with a bat because he's a psychopath. Yeah. Um, it's mine. One, yeah, one of the things, and that's just a fucking pride thing, man. It's like, I'm pretty yeah. sure, I know it's one thing to be prideful, but let's... Uh, Let's just try to get out of here alive. Um, the thing about this movie that does kind of throw me off a tad is the score. And I had written down that it's kind of drastic in the change, how it goes from light and adventurous to menacing. Well, like, there's the a lot that, of Indiana Jonesy-esque music yeah, it, going it, on. It, varies, it really Spielberged a couple times with that yes. jovial music, and it was like, wait a sec, this is like, not... If it was yeah. anybody but Spielberg, I would say it was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you get the benefit of the doubt because you are who you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it kind of takes you out of the moment a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, attaching the boat... Um, Attaching the lions to the boat was a really bad idea. It seemed like a really bad idea, and it was. Um, so yeah. the things that they're called cleats, where they're wrapping the mm-hmm. um, the lines around, and I know they don't know what they're dealing. Well, yeah, they said it was a twenty five foot shark, but yeah. they still tried to attach it to the cleats of the boat. Not a smart idea there either. Well, no, and they. I mean. They're throwing as much as they can at it while they can, and they've shot it a couple times and like harpooned Stabbing it a couple it in times, the head, stabbed yeah. it, and shit. Like it's not going down. Mm-hmm. So you would think that it wouldn't still be strong enough to rip apart your boat, but yeah, but it it's is. also tw- it's also like a three-ton shark. Yeah, <laughs> that... it's going to take more than a few paper cuts to take it down. Yeah, it's like trying to shoot a black bear with a nine millimeter that's running at you. That's not going to do anything but piss it <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah, it was scary as fuck. Um, so this entire time, I'm like, oh my god, they're not getting... I'm like, somebody grab a knife and cut the fucking lines. And as soon as I'm thinking that, um, Quint goes in and grabs a machete and comes back. And then, of course, the cleats get ripped out anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, where's the, you guys don't have knives on your on your belts? Like, what are you right. doing? Um, so they put, they put Hooper in a cage. They drop him in the water to try to euthanize Bruce. Um, it doesn't work. That shark just mangles the cage. Um, it's really crazy how much of this movie is crammed into the last 10 minutes. Yeah. I would say like the most infamous things about it are within that last like half hour. Yeah. The last 30 minutes of that, of that movie or it's like, that's it. I mean, you have a lot of buildup leading up to that, but like mm-hmm. the, like the last 10 minutes jumps, jo- uh, Jaws jumps up on the boat Bites Quint in half. You know, that's a big old thing. Brody throws an air tank in the mouth when he comes at the side. Like, mm-hmm. there's just a whole lot going on. Um, and then you get the kind of the iconic scene where Brody's hanging on to the mast of a sinking ship with the mm-hmm. rifle. Being like, come on, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, well, it, it definitely helps it be more effective. I mean, it's, it is kind of a slow burn, but by the time you get to the end, it's so, it's so action-packed. You're like, oh my god, it was just, it was worth the journey. And I, the last note that I wrote, I was like, uh, um, 
I think Hooper is still hiding in the water while Brody's fighting to survive. <laughs> like, I get it. You got to look out for yourself. But, I mean, at the same time, like, Justin, granted, we've known each other for many years. Mm-hmm. I would like to think if somehow we ended up on a boat trying to fight. Hopefully a... we never will. No, no. I mean, it depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. Fighting a shark? No. <laughs> Pleasure cruise? Probably not. But. Who knows? It's not likely. Um, if you were trying to survive against a shark, you know, the whole fight or flight thing goes, I know that you would not try to save me. Thank you. But I would I would do my damnedest to try to save you. <laughs> but that's just who I am. I'm a hero. I'm, a, right. I'm just a man with yeah. a man's courage. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> that's what heroes do. That's what heroes do, you <laughs> yeah. know? And I... I but once you I... destroyed the shark with the tank, I would swim up to you and say, "Hey, hey, hey, Duran. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> you like that, I? You may have popped it, but I was poking at it from underneath. Yeah, like, <laughs> you didn't see it, but it was happening. Like it yeah. was that was team effort, man. I was stuck in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> I just got out of the cage. Wasn't that scary? Oh, oh my god! Yeah, not like oh man, that cage does just get mangled. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, well, it's like no shark can destroy it. Well, this shark just goes yeah, done. This is half a megalodon, dude. It's going <laughs> to destroy it. Uh, so that's basically a fucking breeze through of Jaws. Like, that. <laughs> the production notes went so long, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a long episode. But no, we pulled it through. We We're spent almost it. professionals. Yeah. As it's like we haven't been doing this for 63 episodes. <laughs> yeah. We know how to do. Yeah, but that's that's uh that's Jaws in a in a nicely wrapped bow. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. You know, it's, I, it's, I love this movie. I, I really feel do. shame on me for having waited this long in my life to have seen it. You know, yeah. in fall, but and I've owned it forever. Right. When I was a young, I bought a bunch of classic movies because mm-hmm. it was like these are the movies you have to see before you die and blah blah blah. And so I've owned it forever. I watched my disc. For the first time in, you know, 20 years. Yeah. But I'm glad I finally did. Yeah, dude. I I would like to watch the documentary on this, but... God. I'm sure you can find it. Oh, dude, I mean, it took me five hours to watch this movie yesterday, dude. It's like, there's no way... True. Like, trying to sit down and watch a documentary. But that's also just because, like, I've seen this movie, so I didn't have to, like, really sit down and pay attention. I was able to kind of help out with the kid and shit like that. Um, but yeah... That, um, shut up. Wrap it up. My, God, I don't know if you can hear my wife at the door. She's like, wrap Mm-mm. it up. I'm like, I'm <laughs> fucking wrap you up in a fucking carpet. <laughs> um, well, that got dark. Yeah, it got real, real dark. Hold me close, Randy. It's getting dark. Uh, yeah, that's Jaws. We, <laughs> sorry it's late. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, we think we know what the bonus episode is going to be. Um, have you committed or are you going to leave us in the lurch? We'll do it. We'll do it. Um, I had a real hard time coming up with an episode related to this movie that we could both get behind. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I guess the route that we're going, I still could have talked about other shark movies and comparisons but hell who knows maybe someday 
we'll we'll take a dive 47 meters down who knows we'll see what happens it looks but interesting I it's not bad it's it surprisingly day. not bad um is way better than i expected um but we're going to talk about grizzly real life shark attacks i mean it's not it's horrific and it's definitely gory so it's 100 percent in our wheelhouse so mm-hmm. um kind of similar to our true tales of exorcisms and all that kind of stuff we're gonna try this out yeah. um we want to thank those that did reach out um with uh suggestions Definitely. it's always appreciated it really yeah. is um but we are going to get out of here because i'm being instructed to wrap it up um so and i got food waiting yes you do um so we'll get out of here um you can reach us on the social medias uh pod and gore podcast we're on facebook we got a page we got a group um we post memes on the page and people talk about what movies they're watching in the group it's a good time so if you feel like joining all we do is ask that you fill out the the little thing to let us know that you're you're not going to spam a bunch of money making videos and other bs that internet trolls try to do or bots Mm -hmm. um you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at gore underscore pod. You can email us at podandgore at gmail.com. We are on the Slasher app. We are over 2,000 friends on the Slasher app. It Damn. is quite it's quite a fun place to be. We, I just, I'm really busy and bad at social media and just everything in general. So mm-hmm. um, you can find us on there. Hit us up. We're, there's no shortages of a ways to talk to us, and we definitely want to talk to you guys. So yeah reach out hit me mm-hmm. up hit up justin word Let's bullshit a little bit um we would appreciate it if you haven't already if you can like rate review spread the word share with your friends families loved ones tie somebody to a chair peel their eyes open and make them listen yeah the eyes might not be necessary but you can clockwork clock pod and gore yeah, yeah clockwork them um just kind of get it out there um it's always appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm starting to ramble. You got anything you want to get on before we get out? No, just uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time with some real-life shark attacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. I've been Brandon. And I've been Justin. And we'll see you next week with shark attacks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to Scary Time by Indie Drop-In Network. Check out all of Indie Drop-In shows at IndieDropIn.com. If you would like your show featured, reach out to us at Indie Drop-In on all social media or go to IndieDropIn.com.